This podcast was recorded at Redemption Alhambra Village in Phoenix, Arizona. For more information about Redemption Alhambra Village, visit redemptionaz.com. But I kind of wanted to take a minute and set up uh, this sermon just to kind of tell you, I felt like in the first service, I was a complete like mess. So I don't want you to expect too much. This sermon is not very polished, okay? Um, But I do think God can take things like this that don't seem very polished and move in, in extremely powerful ways. I did not plan to preach this sermon this way when we first planned this sermon series. Um, and, and here's what I would say. Um, when Pastor Wayne and I really felt like this service should, uh, these, this series should happen, breathe, this was on the schedule for us to uh, do this part of exhaling, right? What does it mean to exhale? When we're breathing, we inhale and we exhale. What does it mean to exhale in spiritual breathing? And it's all about confession, And breathing is an important part of our lives. And so this week, as I approached this, God used not only his word and his spirit, but he used our church family to kind of reshape this this series. I love how God speaks, um, whether it is in ways that we expected or not. God used this this week to speak to me personally. So there's a lot of personal in this for me. Uh, here's a, a quote from um, that I, I read this week that I thought was powerful from the com- uh, contemplative monk. He said this, breathing, it's the first thing we do when we're born and the last thing we do when we die. Jesus' last word on the cross were, Father, into your hands I give my spirit. And he breathed his last breath. The resurrected Jesus breathed on his disciples and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Notice the connection, if you will, as we've been walking through this series between the spirit and breath. Spirit actually can be translated breath or can be translated wind. When we got to the end of Ephesians, we started to see that although you may have the armor on, You may not be breathing. You may be in the fight with the armor on, but not breathing. Because at the end of all of that armor discussion, he gives the power to wear that armor by saying, pray always. Pray in the spirit. Pray, pray. What he's showing us is this deep connection between prayer as a spiritual thing that is like breathing for the Christian. But breathing out confession of sin is a part of spiritual breathing. And so what I want you to look at here is when we take this breath in, this breathing in of the Spirit, and His breath fills our lungs, this first breath that we receive, We would be just a pile of dirt without his breath in our lungs. He breathes into us his spirit. And as we breathe out this 
exhaling, and, and something I think that is interesting is that exhaling is a passive reaction. You have to exhale if you want to live. But when it comes to confession of sin, or confession in general, because when I get to the end, I want to show you how the Lord has kind of worked on me this week. But in the spiritual practice of spiritual breathing, confession of sin is an important part of this. And, and what he talks, what, what, what they talk about is you're, 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 you're confessing the sins of your heart, and, and it's as natural as breathing. But if not breathing out confession of sin is like holding your breath until you pass out. Here's what I mean. We, we come in and we take a deep breath. <gasps> Because we need that breath. But to try to hold it in and not confess the sins that are within us is like holding our breath. And if we think about this, when we look at 1 John 1, it will start to make sense that what we need to see is confession becomes a natural part of our spiritual life. So let's stand together, and I want to read 1 John 1. And as we read it, we're going to read 5 through 10. And as we read it, I want us to remember this is God's word. We're going to take a minute and just study this together and then make some points about it. This is the message we have heard from him and proclaimed to you. God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. This is the word of the Lord. You may be seated. I want you to look at a couple things, and I'm going to highlight them here on the page, but I, I want you to follow along if your Bible is open. This is the message we have heard from the beginning. This is what we've heard declared, and I want you to look at this idea of God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. This is meant to bring our, our, our hearts, if we're immersed in the story, back to creation where there is darkness and chaos and emptiness and there is nothingness and the Spirit of God is hovering over the earth and God creates. And God says, let there be light. And light appears. Because God is light, he cannot be where darkness is, right? Because when he comes, darkness is, is gone. This is, God is light. I, I want you to think of day one, God said, let there be light. But it wasn't until day four that he created the sun. That means there was light without the sun for three days. The sun is not the source of light. God is light. 
And this reality of us saying, if we could claim that we're with him, if we could say that we're with God and be in darkness at the same time is an impossibility. Because God is light. If we're in fellowship with light, we can't be in darkness. But if we walk in the light, there's this. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us. So here's what he's saying. When we who are, are, are in darkness, if we are in the light and fellowshipping with him, that's actually the place where fellowship is happening and cleansing is happening and purifying is happening. That's actually where we are in fellowship and cleansed and covered. See, many of us think of our relationship with God as a place in which we need to make ourselves clean and purify ourselves and we need to make ourselves right and then we can come into fellowship with God. Many of us have said, you know, pastor, I'm just going to I'm going to get my life right and then I'm going to come come back. I'm going to I'm going to clean myself up and then I'm going to I'm, I'm going to be all in. And the reality is there is a sense of which we think about God is that what we need to do is make ourselves light so that we could come into the light. Where he's saying is, no, if we walk in the light is actually where we are covered. So here's what I want you to think of. The only place where you are fully exposed in the light is the only place you are fully covered in the blood. Because in the light, you are in fellowship and in a place where you are covered and cleansed. So there's no way for those to say we have fellowship. And who do we make? Now, I want you to see this. We lie. We're the ones who are lying when we say this. But I want you to notice we lie and do not live in the truth. If we say we're in the light, but we're not in fellowship with him and walking in darkness. But look at this next one. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. This is not them. Now, this is a different claim. This is saying I'm in the light. At first, it's saying I'm with God, but I'm walking in darkness. That's a different claim. This is a different claim. I don't even have sin. This is a different confession. I'm good. If we say that, we're deceiving ourselves and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us of our sins. And what will happen? He'll purify us of all unrighteousness. And if we claim to have not sinned, we make, and this is, this is, this is a powerful statement, we make him out to be a liar. The claim of we do not sin makes him out to be a liar. Hmm. I want you to think about this. Saying you have no sin is the sin that destroys your fellowship with God and others. 
There is no sin that can separate you from God. But saying you don't have sin is the sin that destroys your fellowship with him. Walking around with this idea that you do not need him and do not confess things to him and do not say, but walking around like you do. Now, let me try to tell it to you in, in, in my, yeah, I, I, I like to think in visual ways. Let me try to explain it to you in, a, in, a, in an illustration of my life. I have five kids, so I won't say the name of the one who this was about, okay? But I'm sure if you're smart enough and know them, you might figure it out, but don't judge, okay? <laughs> we were sitting at the table. My wife made an amazing meal. One of my kids was not digging the meal. Wasn't digging it. Matter of fact, was pulling the hole. You know? <laughs> Every time she'd put a... Oh, I said she. Now I just narrowed it down to three. You know what I'm saying? Every time she was... So there's three. Now, okay, so you know it's not a dude. You know there's three of them. Now now your odds are getting better, okay? Every time she would... She would you know? Not only is that offensive, the food was great. And then she pulled this. I don't like the texture. Now, this means she's watching too much TV because when I was a kid, I never used that excuse. It's brilliant. It's not, I like the taste. I just don't like the texture. I didn't even know that was a thing, right? So I did all the parental tricks that I had ever learned. I don't know where we get this, but we all do the same thing. Well, maybe, maybe, at least my parents did. You're going to sit there until you eat the whole thing. You're going to sit there, ha, right? So everybody, ha. So finally I'm going, this is going on for a long time. And I'm going, look, you're hurting yourself. This food's amazing. You're going to sit there as long. And I said, look, everybody else is getting up. We had to go somewhere. Everybody else is getting up. We're going to have dessert. And then we're going to go to this party. And if you're not ready, so she's, oh, right? she's sitting there and we're eating dessert in front of her. And it's the whole thing. So we're going along with our lives, and she's sitting there, and then she goes, Dad, i got to go to the bathroom so bad. Can I go in the bathroom, please? And I'm like, fine, but when you get back, you're going to finish that. She gets up, and I see her walking with her hand behind her back, and I look over to the plate, and the plate is empty. (laughs) And I go, get over here. She's like, what? And her hand's behind her back. What? And I'm like, let me see your hand. And she goes, <laughs> Now her mouth's full and her hand is empty. And she's like, what? And I go, you were, you were going to go flush that down the toilet. Like, now, she swallowed it real fast. Didn't mind the texture at that point, right? <laughs> And said, Dad, no, I did not. I swear, I did not. And I'm like, okay, now now we are like, I literally just caught you. I watched you put it in your mouth. I literally caught you. And she's like, you always think I lie. You always think I lie. And she's crying and tears are everywhere. And she's just screaming, you, it's not fair. You always think I lie. And I'm going, What? I just watched you. My mind is blown. Now you're making me out to be a liar. 
I, 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 I'm, I didn't make this up. I just watched you. Dad, you make me. Literally, at this point, I have zero category to how to, how to help this girl. <laughs> going, We're going to the party. You're staying here, but somebody has to watch you. So I'm like, Kairos, you don't, you don't need to go to the party. You stay here. <laughs> Kairos didn't want to go to the party. So that's just what it was. And so he stayed back. We get in the car. And I am just, Dana, what, Dana, what, what in the world? She would not. She went to her room. She would not admit. She's saying, I'm the liar. I'm the crazy one. She did not. I, I'm like, I don't know. What do I do in this case? And I can't go to the party. So I turn around and come back. Kairos administered to her in some way or another. I walk in and she's bawling, Dad, I lied. And I said, I, I watched you. I know. <laughs> this, is, this is what 1 John is. We could go around talking like we're in the light, but when we're really in the darkness, it's just an impossibility. Or we can say we do not have sin, and at the end of that, God is saying through his word, you're making me out to be a liar. All the work that I've done for you, all the things that I've accomplished, I've watched you. The price that I paid through my son Jesus to wash you and cleanse you and to pay for you and to feed you and to sustain you and to care for you and to bring you back into fellowship. And then you're going to look at me and go, no, I did it. Now you're calling me a liar. We're making him out to be a liar. And I told my, my daughter something as we hugged and, and were restored to fellowship. I said, babe, I, can, I don't care whatever sin you have committed. There is nothing that can keep us out of fellowship from one another. But there's one sin I can't deal with. And that is if you tell me that you don't sin. And if you lie, we can't do nothing. We can't even deal with it. We can't even walk in the light. We can't even have fellowship. We can't walk through this together. At this point, we can't do anything until it's in the light. This reality is the way many of us treat our confession of sin. We make such a big deal out of confession because it's not a part of our normal spiritual breathing in life. Many of us walk around holding our breath until we pass out, until something big explodes in our life and we get caught. You realize there's something different between getting caught and walking in a spiritual breathing of confession. Sometimes when you get caught, people are trying to get you to breathe. No, like, let's talk. But we walk around holding our breath as if Confession is this huge deal. That is going to separate us from him. When it's actually the hiding and lying that is separating us from him. Church, could we imagine spiritual breathing or confession of sin as a part of our lives. I, I want you to think of this. Many of us do not confess our sins because we still believe we can be separated from God. 
We know the story of Adam and Eve walking in the light, being in perfect fellowship with him, the Father coming and saying, and then because of sin, they were separated from him. That all things were broken apart and separated. All that thing, because of sin, there was this great separation. But according to Romans chapter 8, 31 through 39, and, and I, I think you should, should mark this down or write or study this again, nothing, because of Jesus, there is now nothing that can separate us from the love of God. Height, nor death, nor principalities, nor powers, nor rulers of the darkness of this world. There is nothing that can separate us. That, that what God has done in Christ has been bringing all those things that have been separated back together. That it's not because of works that we could do that we could come back into fellowship with him. But it is by the grace and love and work of Christ Jesus, our Savior, that we could be brought back into reconciliation with him so what we're doing is we hold these things and say I'll fix it I'll work on it and I'll walk self-righteously before the father and say I'm perfect we're actually denying the very work that Christ has done by not walking in a spirit of confession that confession becomes this part of walking and breathing and living. Now this part of this sermon is important, and I think many of us are walking around in darkness, acting like we don't have anything, and here's what it's destroying, and I, I won't spend a lot of time on it. It's destroying your fellowship. It's destroying your fellowship with God, and it's destroying your fellowship with one another, what First John says. You know how many people won't come around communities of light because they want to keep walking in darkness? And then say, well, every time I go there, they're judging me. And the reality is, if we are, that's our sin. But if it's just light here and you want to keep walking in the darkness, that's breaking fellowship. It's hard to be in a relationship with a couple different kinds of people, but I want you to think about ones who act like they don't have sin. It's hard to be in a relationship with them. <laughs> ones who don't see the log in their own eye. And it's hard to be in fellowship with people who want to keep walking in darkness and call it light. But what is broken when we walk in those darknesses and sin is our fellowship. Church, we've got to see that the work of Christ is not just bringing us back into relationship with him. That's powerful and beautiful, but it's bringing his family back into relationship. There's no sin that can separate us. That it is God's grace that brings us together. That in the light we come in as, as exposed and, and our sins are out in the open. But we are fully covered and fully loved in the light. Yeah. And our fellowship is restored. Yeah. This is the family of God. But here's where I want to complete the story. Uh, this week... My sermon changed. Um, if you notice, I, I wouldn't even 
really use my notes today because honestly, I, I don't know how to explain what God did this week except to say, to tell you in a story. Um, I think confession of sin is very important. But God used us, my, my family, you all, this week and specifically some people in, that we're going to pray for today to, to give a fuller explanation of confession because I think confession of sin is, is a healing confession, but it's not a saving confession. You can go around talking about how broken you are as much as you want, but it's not going to save you. You can talk about how jacked up you are and how messed up you are, and it could become a boast for you, but it's not saving. It could be healing to confess your sins, but it's not saving. There is only one confession that can save us, and that is this. A full exhale of a full confession is not just a confession of sin, but it's also a confession that Jesus is Lord. It's in the same breath as you are confessing your brokenness, you're confessing his wholeness. In the same breath as you are confessing your sinfulness, you're confessing his righteousness. In the same breath as you are confessing all of the suffering that you're in, you're, 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 you're confessing his lordship over all of it. That a full confession is not just a confession of sin. A full exhale is not just, I'm broken. It is, he is Lord. This is a horrible way to learn this lesson. This week I went into a family's home whose family was, and I'm talking... uh, We've been in their lives. They've been in our lives. They've been a part of this church since the day it started. Yeah. 17 years ago, I met them, and they came and started. When we would meet places, their family would clean and care for and serve. If you don't know, this is, this is Moses. Moses, when he was... Five, when I first met him, was a lot chubbier. <laughs> Always smiling. Very loving. Five years old. On Saturday, he's a 21-year-old, part of our community for years. I get a call that his mom found him dead on his bed one morning, Saturday morning. So I run over there. I was was shocked. I was like, Moses? I mean, I've I've been in places where where young people have, have passed away, but never someone this close to me. This was new part of our church and community and they go over there and and obviously you would picture what I walked into was my family my church family all there crying together 
weeping. It's not, it's not right. This is not how it's supposed to be. If you saw on the news, there's a drug called fentanyl that is, is uh, laced in some, in some you know, street, laced inside of something that could be Percocet or something like that. And when you're buying it on the street, you're obviously trying to deal with something. And some of us may go and get it over the counter, and some people try to get it on the street. And, and in that reality, didn't know what he was biting into, and then all of a sudden... It's killing a lot of people in our city. And, it, and when I hugged Lupe, who's, who's here today, and we're going to pray for her, the first thing she said to me that broke my heart, all she could do was apologize to me. I'm so sorry, Pastor. I'm so sorry. That's not the first thing I wanted her to say. That when I walk in, she feels like she has to apologize. She's feeling an enormous amount of guilt for her son and immediately goes into confessing her sin and her brokenness and all the things that she's in, the pain. I'm, a, I'm, I'm just going to be honest. I was not a great pastor, but I just cried with her. <laughs> I didn't know what to say. I just said, man, God's here. Pray and cry. My wife cried. Gladys and Miguel were crying, all of us, believing that our tears were the prayers that, that God would hear. I don't know what happened with Moses. But I know this. He's, he's our Moses. He's family. I just kept trying to tell, tell her, like, look, I know there's brokenness and sin, but at the same time, I don't know what to say, but I, I, we're going to pray. Let's pray. Let's pray. So I went to pastor of mine, Tyler, and just told him, man, can you be praying for me? Because this is a big thing for our family and our community. Prayed for us. And so we went to a meeting this week, and... Um, I was still in turmoil, and all of us were sitting there. It was all the pastors in, in, in Redemption were there, not just pastors, leaders, all, from all the campuses, all the congregations. And uh, I felt like the Lord wanted me. We have this section to say, let's tell what God is doing, God's stories. And, and this is part of a confession. I literally felt like God wanted me to share Moses' story, but I couldn't figure out where God was. So I didn't know how to share it. I was struggling. Because I, everybody else was sharing God's stories and you'd hear these miracles and I'm like, well, we're not at miracle phase. We're in mess phase right now, right? But the Lord kept putting on my heart, tell his story. And I would love to say that I just stood up with boldness and obedience, but I didn't. It wasn't until uh, I got a text from Tyler and he said, I think the Lord's telling you to tell this story. And I was like, oh my goodness. <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay. We weren't even sitting by each other. That's why he had to text. 
So I stood up, and I don't even remember what I said. But I, I do know, I just said, I don't know where God's at in it. So I'm just going to tell you what's happened and where I can see God. So I shared the story. I shared about the family. I shared about Moses. And the Spirit of God fell in that room and met us there. All over the place. Nobody even knows Moses. Most of them didn't. There were some of us who did. But you could see everybody just crying at the story of what's happening and connecting to that, to that story. And then all of a sudden, I just share, like, here's where I see God. I see God in Miguel and Gladys hugging them. I see God in Dana hugging them. I see God in people trying to serve and care and just be there. I see God in Lupe. I see God in Ernie. I see God in all of these places. But I, it's still messy. And if you know anything about funerals, they are so expensive. They didn't know when we were going to get Moses' body to be able to do the funeral, and tomorrow is his birthday. And they wanted to do it on his birthday, but couldn't. And in that space, I didn't even ask or whatever, then God showed up, and within five minutes, a group of people that didn't even know Moses were so touched by his story, raised all the money to pay for his funeral that could happen tomorrow. God showed up. And I have had so many people call and text, and in the middle of a confession of brokenness was a confession of his lordship. I'll be honest, it was in that moment that I left, and the Lord said to me, it's not a full confession if you're just confessing sin. It's not a full confession if you're just confessing sin. It's a full confession within the same breath. And I called Wayne and I said, what do you think of this? He said, that's it, man. Some of us are waiting until miracle phase to confess things. We're waiting until everything's cleaned up until we confess. And we're in the midst of mess and we're trying to clean ourselves up and we're trying to do things on our own and in our own strength. And some of us are in the middle of the mess waiting for the day where we confess his miracles. But what would it look like for you in the midst of your brokenness to confess? I'll tell you what it would look like. It would look like Lupe. It would look like Ernie. It would look like the family in the midst of brokenness reaching out opening up their lives. And so I ask them to be here with us today. And tomorrow is the funeral. If you, if you want to come, everybody's invited. But if you knew them, I hope you can come tomorrow at 11. But if the family could come, and Gladys and Miguel and the rest of you, even if you don't know them, I think we need to surround them with our prayers. But as they're walking up here, and the elders and the leaders, come, come, just come out. As they're walking up here, here's what I want you to think. God didn't do this for me, but I'm going to tell you this. He used this to shape me. And I believe that them coming here shows a lot of strength and a lot of love for us as a community. That in the midst of their mess, they would be willing to stand up here and go, I don't know where God's at, but I do know God is, is, is good. And, and have a full confession. And I've been seeing this in Lupe. I've been seeing it in, in every part of this family that in the midst of this, if we can confess anything in the midst of a mess is that God is with us. 
And so if we could all stand together and reach our hands out to our brothers and sisters and pray. This podcast was recorded at Redemption Alhambra Village in Phoenix, Arizona. For more information about Redemption Alhambra Village, visit redemptionaz.com. 